Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Side to Side Sportscast, where it's your boys, Will and Woody, with our main man, Rain, from the Dual Podcast, so you may remember, and we all come to break it down from the court side, the ring side, the sidelines, and for those sports they play outdoors, we outside, we side to side, <coughs> that's how we ride. And today we ride in with a courtside NBA Finals special where we got our man Rain, who's representing G Golden State Warriors to the fullest. Uh, I was about to say G Dub Nation, but I got a little tongue tied. But he's repping the Warriors. They're in the NBA Finals. And we got the Golden State Warriors versus the Boston Celtics. Hey. Brothers, it's been a crazy playoff run for both teams. Let's talk about the road that got both teams to where they are right now. And let's actually start off with Golden State since they've been in the wings waiting for game seven to take place where the Boston Celtics obviously took out the Miami Heat. But it's been a magical run. Clay Thompson is back. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. He's back. I think it was 34 months he was out. And now he's back in the NBA Finals once again. And, uh, man, what a run. Let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah, man. I think the so in the first round we had we had Denver, obviously, reigning MVP, Jokic, right? I will, I will admit they weren't healthy. They didn't have Jamal Murray. They didn't have uh, Michael Porter Jr. But we all know that injuries are a part of the playoffs, right? So no excuses. But the question was in that series – is how are the Warriors going to defend Jokic, right? And the answer was, we are going to play him one-on-one and we're going to play small ball because Jokic can drop 40, 20, and 10, but as long as Aaron Gordon, right, uh, Will Barton, and everyone else doesn't beat us, then that's the recipe for success. And if you all go to episode 18, I did predict the Warriors in five. All of my predictions so far have been correct. So go to episode 18 on the duel. And replay that um, because, yeah, I, I've been accurate on all of them so far. But Denver, Denver, I, I know they, they ended it in five, but it was a tough it was a tough matchup. Right. Um, Aaron Gordon finally started playing big, I think, in game game four and game five and, and gave us some some trouble. But overall, we, you know, um, the small ball lineup was, I guess, I don't know what you, y'all want to call it, but the new death lineup. Right. Whatever they're calling it. Um, you know, it was the birth of that lineup and they kind of took over the series. But. What, what do y'all? What did y'all think about uh, Denver and, and and Warriors in that series? I mean, uh, the, yeah. the small ball lineup really took the Nuggets out of it. And yeah. even though Nikola Jokic was the MVP, yeah, this is about maybe the third playoff series in a row that proves that if you get him running up and down the floor and he can't defend the pick and roll, he becomes a liability. It frustrates him, and it really takes Denver out of their game and. You got to give it to the Golden State Warriors. They know how to identify a mismatch and utilize it. They're going to let – they let Jokic do his thing. He got his points. He got his boards. He got his assists. Hey, they got lucky, and they won a game. Um, But, again, they ran ran them up and down the court. They did what they needed to do to win that series. It was uh, good to see. I know uh, we were uh, unsure about Steph's, you know, status – Right. You know, how many games is he going to play when he does play? Is he going to be on some sort of restriction? Right. Like Clay was. Uh, but he came back. Didn't miss a beat. It was all good. <laughs> you know, uh, so that that was actually it was it was uh, what was that game three um, where I, I made the realization that, oh, this this team might actually win it all. <laughs> you know, because uh, going into the playoffs, you know, I, I, I had hitched. You know my my playoff prediction wagon to the uh, to the Grizzlies. I, I actually had the the Grizzlies and the Warriors that that second round matchup being a slobber knocker, yeah. right? But in the first round, I realized some things about both teams, including the health of, of Steph Curry, the drive. Like these these men, I won't even say these boys. These men weren't playing around. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah the Nugget series that was easy peasy. Yeah. Now let's talk about that next round. After they got the, the the nuggets out the way, it's time to take on those Memphis Grizzlies. Now, I picked 
the Grizzlies to win that series, and I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. Um, Golden State won it fair and square. Yes, John Morant got hurt, but even if he did not get hurt, I just believe that Golden State, the veteran experience showed to be too much, in my opinion. They're too veteran. They won. They didn't look too good in a couple of those games. But at the end of the day, (laughs) they bounced back because they do have that championship DNA. And I really think that was the secret sauce to beating the Memphis Grizzlies. What do you say, uh, Rain? Yeah, man. Uh, um, you know, for all those out there, I had Warriors in six uh, against Memphis. Um, but yeah, to, to, to your point, the going into this series, the thing was that Memphis was was younger. They're more athletic. They are on the boards and they could play defense, right? And the surprising stat for me was that the Warriors actually out-rebounded Memphis in that series. And yeah, there was a couple games where, honestly, I don't think Steph or Clay or Draymond had a good game in that series until probably uh, was it game three or game game four? I think it was game three when when we blew them out um, at home. First two games could have gone either way, and it, it really could have gone up to oh, we could have gone to uh, heading into uh, heading back home. But for that series, you're right. Uh, well, the the championship DNA, right? It, I felt like the team was always composed throughout the whole, even when they got blown out by 50, 40 uh, in game five, whatever that was. But it just goes to show that, you know, the experience, right? That we've been there, we've done that. And I really wanted this series because the young Memphis Grizzlies like to run their mouth. And I love it. I love it. They like, they wanted it, right? They wanted all the smoke, whoop that trick, every, you know, all the things that were being said on Twitter and this and that and the third and, they just, they're going home. They're going home. So I was happy. <laughs> I was happy that it ended it. Uh, uh, the Warriors ended it um, in six. And I wish I wish Jaw was was healthy for the entire series. But even when he was, we were up two one and we blew him out in game three. So, uh, you know, I agree with you. I still think if he played, we, we would have still won the series. Uh, I feel like, you know, Ja Morant, um, all season we have seen the the ascension. This playoff was, was no different. Uh, you know, and he, he played his heart out in that game. I mean, you can make the argument that, uh, and I might be skipping ahead a little bit by saying this, that every single series thus far, the Warriors have done a a great job of, you know, letting the star, you know, get their, their stats, but the guys around them, you know, keeping them at bay. So, you know, when John Moran is scoring 40 plus, you know, that still, uh, you know, comes with an L. You know, um, so uh, that series, yeah, it was it was intense. I was expecting, you know, after seeing the first round, I, I was I was seeing it, you know, just just the youth, the youth of, of Memphis. I don't I don't think they were ready, but you best believe, uh, you know, th- this could be a matchup for years to come. Yeah, you know, I don't think Jaws going anywhere, and it's up to the Warriors to prove that they're not going anywhere either. So. Um, what a what a series! It's unfortunate with the injury. Um, I can't believe people were trying to say that that I was intentional. Uh, it doesn't yeah. even make sense. Like Come if you on. look at the clip, like how does that don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know. But that's like a cartoon injury. Like you know, like that doesn't yeah. even yeah. So, um, but uh, but yeah, what a what a series! What a, what a dub! Hey, the Grizzlies won twenty one out of twenty seven games without Ja, and they won a playoff game without Ja in that mm-hmm. series. So yeah. I really don't think we can – yeah, we want everybody to be healthy, but that's part of basketball. When you get to the playoffs, got to be healthy. The healthiest team is going to get to the finals. You know, that's that's the name of the game, and it's just unfortunate. But the Warriors' chances were still looking good. Uh, like you said, Rain, they wanted the smoke, and they got smoked. <laughs> and then that sent you guys over to the next round against the boy wonder himself, Luka the Don and the oh. Mavericks, who – as a homer, I don't really think the Mavericks should have been in that series. Well, I mean, they they, they deserve it. They got there. They got there. I'm still salty. I'm not going to be unsalty until maybe around April, May next year to see what happens. But listen, Warriors, Mavs. Um, my thoughts on the series, the Mavs live by the three. They die by the three. Yep. Um, if they're hitting it, it's going to be hard to beat them. But even if they make 23s, sometimes they miss more than 20. And Mm-hmm. teams do a good job of getting those rebounds and putting consistent points on the board. The Mavericks, when they lost that game two and they had that big lead, they lost the series. Um, yeah. In game two, when they lost that big lead, 
they lost this. They just kept shooting threes. They just would not stop shooting the three. It was not really um, – it just it wasn't good for them. And like I said, Golden State is the most veteran team in the whole playoffs. You, you can't make mistakes if you're going to beat them. And Dallas made a lot of mistakes. Golden State won the game, um, won the series. Yeah, and yeah, going to game two, I, I agree with you. I think that was a turning point because that was the best game that Dallas played. But then them losing that while playing at their best, right? I think that's what. Yeah, that. I mean, before the series started, I'm gonna say it again. I had I had the Warriors in five, and the reason why is because it's simple math. The Warriors haven't lost at home yet, right? In the playoffs, and they always they've won one road game in every single series ever since Steve Kerr became the head coach. So you do the simple math. Warriors in five, right? And I knew for Dallas, they live and die by the three. Don't get me wrong. Luka is a, a generational generational talent. I would have loved to see the Suns, though. I'm not going to lie. But, man, Luka, Luka's a dog. I mean, he did he did everything that he could. But, again, like like James said, right, the Warriors are like, are like, hey, let the superstars get their numbers. Let Luka drop 40, 50, whatever he wants. But don't, don't let um, – Maxi Kleba beats you, right? Don't let Reggie Bullock beat you, and all all of the others. Um, and so that that's what happened. And I think the um, I think the uh, the inexperience of 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 the Mavs kind of showed in that series too. And then also Jason Kidd's, um, you know, not making any adjustments. Like you said, well, they just kept shooting threes, right? Like blowing that big lead. I think it showed too um, in that series. So that's why I had him in five. <sighs> I mean, I don't know if anybody was really, um, you know, I mean, I mean, the the Mavs, the, the Mavs. Here, here's the thing about the Mavs, in my opinion, in my humble yeah. opinion, Luka Doncic might he might be the best offensive player in the world today. Like he is, he is that good. He's incredible. Uh, Jason Kidd, I think you know he he generally does well. Like he honestly, in yeah. my opinion, he outcoached. Uh, Monty Williams, Williams. The, the series before, yeah. you know, so I, I feel like they really, really, really like maximize, absolutely maximize that roster because that roster is not good. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not a great roster. It's literally not even good. It is Luca and some bums. I mean, we can try to, you know, <laughs> hype up Jalen Brunson as much as we can. And Spencer Dinwiddie, I mean, what are, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? You know, like you look up and down the the teams that made the Western, you know, conference, even the Eastern conference. And, you know, they're not trying to hype up the Jalen Brunson's of the world. You know, so, you know, kudos to them for making it. We knew this was about to be the smackdown. And that's that's simply what it was. It was the smackdown. I had fun. I had fun watching it. And again, Luca, like they would always, you know, like. I forgot what game it was, but the Warriors would, you know, go up 11. Luka hits the three to go, you know, bring it back down to eight, you yeah. know, up to 12, back down to nine. Like, you know, Luka, it was so fun to watch. Yeah. But, yeah, these Warriors. Game six, Clay. We didn't see him that series. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't talk about it the other time. So, uh, yeah, what a what a, a series, a smackdown. I think we all knew that was about to happen. And Luka, Mark Cuban, you guys got to get somebody – I get somebody around him because yeah. you you would be creating another like Dirk situation, um, you know, without getting him that that team. Yep. Oh, we say somebody's got to get Luca playing off ball sometimes. I mean, he's magic with the ball, but in the playoffs, you got to be diverse. You got to you got to get him in situations, taking advantage of mismatches, mm-hmm. catching the ball in the post. You just can't be step back three or draw the defense and kick it out for three. That's it's going to burn out. But hey, we're not here to talk about the maps, right? We talk about the Golden State Warriors and now they have punched their ticket into their it's the 6 NBA finals now. Yeah. Into, into this is a dynasty, unquestionably a dynasty. Team riddled by injuries and they're back now. And on the other side, their opponent representing Boston are the Boston Celtics. Now let's just fast forward through there and let's just summarize. Now, hold on. Hold on. I am wearing a green shirt. He's wearing the Celtics green. Okay, I'm wearing a green shirt. I'm here to represent, all right, for for my fellow Atlantic Division uh, squad right here because in the first round, 
right? It was the Nets and the Celtics. And I said, the winner of this series is most likely going to go to the finals. Now, I, I I said it was the Nets, right? Like I, I said, the Nets were going to be that team to do it in seven games. And that, that all fell flat on its face. But the first part of what I said has, has, has rung true because these Boston Celtics are in the finals. And I think it actually would be disrespect. Matter of fact, it, it, it's bigger than disrespect. It is disrespect to just skip through this road because, in my opinion, the, the Celtics had the harder road to the finals. They had to scratch and claw to get here. All three teams that they faced to make it to the finals came into this year with championship or bust aspirations. So to make it here with these young guys, no true veteran, right? We talk about the Warriors and this veteran team, right? No, no true veteran, you know, unless we're talking about Al Horford, which, which maybe, maybe in the locker room, you know, he's out here, yeah. you know, so let's, let's, let's do it. All right. Let's do Round it. one. They swept the Nets. KD, Kyrie had them send the, and 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 the, the Nets were actually clicking to end the year, but that didn't matter against Boston's elite defense. Hey, you know, Boston 25 and 25 entering the year 2022. Mm-hmm. And then boom, just took off, locked in defensively. Jason Tatum began to play more still aggressive, but he learned how to actually pass the ball, make the ball move around. Everybody bought in. Marcus Smart had some games where he may have four field goal attempts and 13 assists. Just Ime Doka, which we'll talk about later, really got those guys buying in, and they swept the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I picked Boston to win that series. I didn't foresee a, a sweep coming, but, man, that clamp down defense, really the Nets couldn't do anything about it. You know, the only entertainment that we got from that series – was seeing Kyrie mock the fans during the game and then his little rant on, I think it was Twitch after when he yeah. did the, the legendary voice on McGill, McGill. That was the funniest thing I heard all year. But you know what? We talking about stuff that's not on the court. You know, Boston did their thing. And um, we can say that Boston doesn't have a true vet, but mm-hmm. these guys, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, have been playing together. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals together. Like, they are their own vets, but they're still young. So I think that's that's key. And, they hey, they got through the nets in the first series. Yeah, man, and just to wrap up on it, yeah, I, I didn't think they were going to sweep the nets either. I mean, I had them winning the series. I thought it was going to be tougher than that. But I think after game two or game three, when they just started, like, just locking down KD, they started locking down KD and Kyrie, and then that's it. Like, there's no other offense for, for the Nets. The Nets do not play as a team. Boston plays as a team. They're, they, they're all on the string on defense. They play as one unit, right? They bought in. And you can just tell the difference between, you know, a team versus just two guys trying to lift their team to, to, to one win in the playoffs, right? And, I, and I, think, I think that was the difference. And just to see uh, Jason Tatum take, take the challenge of defending KD, too, in that series uh, told me, like, hey, he's all in, right? He's ready to do whatever it takes. Not only has he improved in his passing and his offense, but also defensively just taking that, that challenge. So I was, I was impressed. I'm going to have a special shout-out to, uh, to CJ, all right, <laughs> resident Celtics fan here at Side to Side Sports who wanted to trade Jason Tatum for a bag of <laughs> chips was literally praying that Tatum was off his team. But I think we all can agree here that uh, he has evolved, right, on both sides of the floor. And, you know, they brought that right into that next series against the Bucks, where I felt like it was two teams, yeah. right? And then in Giannis, we're looking at one of the best two-way players in, in all of basketball. So that was uh, a challenge in and of itself. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the, the difference maker there, which um, was one of the reasons why I felt so good about both the, the Nets and Celtics, was that three ball. You know, uh, these Celtics, they can, they can light it up, you know. And in that series clinching win, 
your boy Grant Williams just exploding out the blue. Like when you have, you know, Grant Williams is on your team that could just, you know, launch up seven threes and go, you know, like seven for nine, seven for 10, you know, in that ballpark. And then you still have stars, right. That are stretching the floor and actually being selfless with the ball. I mean, the Bucks just didn't have an answer. They just didn't have the shooting, especially without Middleton, mm-hmm. right? That you know, Middleton, he's he's a good three point shooter, but without him, they just could not keep up with with the with the Celtics shooting. Milwaukee definitely missed Chris Middleton, but like we said, it's the playoffs. You know, injuries can happen when you get to these series, and um, you know, Giannis was looking like King Kong sometimes in this series, but. Can't do it all. You can't do it all yourself. And if you trade in two for three, you know, you even had Al Horford had the big game, you know, yeah. Al Horford. <laughs> I haven't had a game that big since Florida, since the <laughs> University of Florida when it was running on a championship, you know. But again, that just proves that um, that was probably in all the playoffs, probably my favorite series because it yeah. went back and forth. It was literally a back and forth series. The games were not boring. Uh, the games were very entertaining. They came down to the end. But you got to see the Celtics, they're not young. They're not young by experience, maybe by age, but not by experience. And um, they were able to make the plays necessary to come through and um, defeat the defending champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. I had the Bucks winning. That's when the Celtics surprised me. That is when they surprised me for sure. Yeah, so just like you said, James, for the previous series, my prediction for this series was whoever wins between the Bucks and the Celtics is going to go to the finals. But I had the Bucks winning. Uh, had the Bucks winning the series against the Celtics, and I just want to take a moment, shout out to Don because Don had the Celtics all the way going to the finals uh, ever since the beginning of the playoffs. So yeah, I have to I have to throw that in there. So he had he had the Celtics, but yeah, I agree with you. Well, this series out of all the playoff series was the one that I wanted to watch every single game because I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. Every game was different. It was close. It was, some games were a defensive battle. Some games was an offensive battle. Um, both coaches, right. Putting in the right people. Like you said, like Grant Williams, I don't know where we'll have a big game. Right. Robin, Lo- uh, sorry, Brooke Lopez. I don't know where would have a good game. Right. So, yeah, it was, it was a it was it was a great series to watch. And I I wish it was the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm just going to say that. Oh, man, <laughs> I, I, I wish so, too. And um, let's talk about the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals. It just happened. We got another seven games. Um, Boston and, and Miami. And honestly, I'm just being honest, just my opinion. Eastern Conference Finals was boring. It was just boring. It was just like, it just was not entertaining basketball. Yeah, Jimmy Butler had some big games, you know. And even that game seven was 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 actually a little entertaining. Um, you know, a lot of controversy. I mean, Max Struess, did he step out of bounds? I don't know. They decided five minutes later to take the points off the board. Like, what are you doing? I've never seen that before. You know, but you never know how that could have impacted the momentum. Does Jimmy take that shot if those three points are on the board? You what know, a bad shot. Jimmy, he takes it was a it was a horrible shot. But I like how Jimmy said my teammates like the fact that I went for it, so I'm living with it. Hey, yeah. he did. He went for it. Yeah, he man. went for the win. He said, you know what? Let's not try to send us in overtime. Let's go for the win. It was it's a it's a gamble, but hey, that's what happens if you gamble and uh it don't come through. You got you gotta live with it, and yep. you know, they're home now, but Boston was the better team in almost every game, even the games that they lost. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to undermine a a, law, a a win by Miami because a win is a win, regardless of how you get it. And this is the first series where I've seen them talk about quarter for quarter, who's winning the, mo- the most of the quarters. But listen, Boston has been playing some great basketball throughout these playoffs. And, um, you know, Miami, Bam Adebayo is inconsistent. I'm really disappointed in him. He is not the star that I that I you know expected him to blossom into in these playoffs, but he, he's still a good player. It's just not the star that you expected. Tyler Hero disappearing X even before the growing the moments too big for him. Talked all that stuff in the offseason, come <laughs> to the postseason, and it's just like, where are you, man? And um, hey, Boston wins that series, and um I actually picked them to win the series. Uh and those who have been following the side to side sportscast, I specifically said they're going to split home both times. 
Then Boston's going to win on the road. Then Miami's going to win on the road. Then game seven's going to come down to like, I said late game heroics by Jason Tatum, which he did hit a, a, a big shot towards the end, but it wasn't like the game clinching shot. It was a, yeah. it was a big shot, but I had Boston winning that series. Yeah, same. Um, you know, kind of to, to range point, my point, you know, like I think, you know, the, the Celtics were just destined. Uh, the Heat, you know, I, I, I like the Heat. You know, they're a good defensive team. But I really don't think like any of them, literally any of them, am I counting on every game for offensive firepower. And that actually includes Jimmy Butler. That might sound, you know, sacrilegious to some people, right, because of the hype that he was getting, especially after, uh, I want to say game one, you know, people were saying, you know, put some respect on Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy is a phenomenal uh, talent, two-way player. But I'm not trying – I don't want – you know, Jimmy, you know, entering a shootout on my behalf. I don't, you know, so, uh, you know, it's not just Bam. It's not just Tyler, you know, Lowry, you know, what was Kyle Lowry was looking like Mike Lowry, like every, the whole whole team. Mike Lowry at least be shooting. (laughs) Maybe you're right. Cause Mike Lowry be doing a whole bunch of shooting and a whole bunch of misses. Maybe you're right. Like it, it's just you know the the whole team is just not there offensively. Like they yeah. need an offensive weapon, and it would have been nice if like Oladipo, who used to actually be you know an offensive star, uh, you know at some point, you know if he you know was able to give them something off the bench or something. Like so many times we see people you know rejuvenate themselves on a team, you know that used to be a star, kind of fell out of favor, maybe injury. But now is finding you know footing on a on a new team. Uh, kind of sounds like uh, Andrew Wiggins. But anyway, um, that's what we're hoping for in Miami. You know, nothing, nothing happened, so the Celtics just you know just ran through, literally just you know ran through them. Now what what happened though, right? Because it, it wasn't really a run through, right? It was seven games. Is that I I did feel like we saw some inexperience, especially with Marcus Smart out when he was out. You know the turnovers. Yeah, I yeah. mean. In, there was a, a sequence where Jason Tatum literally had four turnovers in a row. Like, I felt like, you know, yeah, they, they, they are experienced, but I don't know if it was nerves, jitters, whatever it was. We At times, we saw the Celtics just get pushed so far out their game. And honestly, if we're looking at the other side of the coin, we haven't even really seen that with the Warriors. You know, game five of the um, – Grizzlies. Yeah, Grizzlies series, right? Everyone's going to point to that. But, I mean, all right, if you, if you want to take that one game, sure. There was no other time where the Warriors just seemed like at a loss, like that, you know, there was no hand that could right the ship. But for the Celtics, there were times in almost every single game of this Heat series where it did look like that. And, you know, E-May had to call a timeout or somebody had, I don't even know what he was doing, but you know, maybe they got Larry Bird secret stuff, something like that <laughs> to get these boys uh, working back together. But uh, yeah, the Celtics, the Celtics are in it. Yeah. And then, yeah, just to wrap up for this uh, East conference finals. I mean, the first few games, I was just like, all right, they're just going to take turns blowing each other out. Like both, both, <laughs> <laughs> both teams are not showing up at the, at the same game. It's like, Hey, you know, like my, uh, Boston's going to take game one off. Then they're going to turn it up in game two. And then they were kind of going back and forth for the first four games. And then all of a sudden, you know, it started to at least somewhat be close, right? Not 20 point blowouts. But yeah, I agree with you, Will. I mean, the whole Eastern Conference finals, man, I, to be honest, I barely like when I, when I just look at the score and I'm like, if it's up, if it's a 20 point lead, like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to tune in. Um, also, the reason is because the style of play, right? They're, these are both really great defensive teams. So it's a, Man, it's a slog, right? It's a grind. Like, these are the type of games. But these are the type of games you have to win in the playoffs. But I just don't want to see seven games of that, right? Like, I'm good with seeing one game, but not the entire series um, where people are struggling to put the ball in the hoop. So, but yeah, I mean, I had the Celtics too. Um, No disrespect to Miami. I know that they're the number one seed for a reason. I just, man, Jimmy Butler, like you said, James, I'm not going to rely on him in a shootout. And this man just looked exhausted, um, and I was like, there's no way he can score another 40 plus in game seven to try to like bring them over the top because I wasn't confident in anybody else on the heat, like going there with him. 
As, as a Warriors fan, were you like kind of crossing your fingers that that three did go in, like to face the Heat in the finals? No, I, I, I was, I'm actually, to be honest, I was fine with whoever, wh- whoever would come out. Um, I, I just wanted it to go to seven. Just go ahead and beat each other up some more. <laughs> um, but yeah, like for that shot, I mean, from my perspective, I was like, wow, what a bad shot. But then I understand why he took it because that's what your superstars do, right? You ride or die with them. And so just like Will said earlier, you, you gamble, you got to live with the, the consequence. So mm-hmm. Jimmy played all 48 minutes that game, man. <laughs> all 48 minutes, you know. Uh, listen, he, he was he was out there. He, he was trying. And even though both of these teams are elite defensive teams, it just seemed like, and we're about to talk about coaching, but it just seemed like in this matchup, when the coaches made game-to-game adjustments, the coach that won tried to come back with the same thing, but the other coach had it figured out. You know, then it's a blowout. Then you got to go back to the drawing board. When usually that's um that's not the case in the playoffs, and that's what made this this kind of boring. But we are in for a treat now with these NBA finals. I think this is most likely the most exciting potential match that could have came. You've got Steve Kerr. He's got his team there for the sixth time. You know, legacy. We're talking legacy with with Hall of Famers, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. The Warriors did something that you don't – ever see done they got young while their core is aging and there's this team is set up but boston and ime udoka who in his very first year has gotten the celtics over the hump and not only over the hump he got them out of that rut that they were in to start the year you know he got them all the buy-in and this team is hungry and they're there now ime udoka very in my opinion, defensive-oriented coach. You got to play defense night to night. That's his message, night to night. But underrated, Steve Kerr also emphasizes defense. You know, he he emphasizes defense, but Steve Kerr is a little bit better at the game-to-game adjustments than Eric Spolster. He's going to expose something, but he's going to not expose one thing. He's going to continuously find something to expose. So, you know, I would love to hear from you, Rain. And what do you think as far as Steve Kerr versus Udoka? You know, what are you expecting to see from the Dubs? Yeah, you're exactly right, Will. I think Steve Kerr uh, makes great uh, game-to-game adjustments. Um, and, man, Dubs, Dub Nation, man, Dubs Twitter. Lay off Steve Kerr, man. Come on, man. Come on. You guys wanted him to get fired and all these things? Come what? on, man. Let's let, let, let's relax. Let's pump the brakes. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think what um, – the thing is, is that the, this is contrasting styles, right? We talked about the Warriors' small ball lineup, right? I think Steve Kerr is going to see how well this team, or the small ball lineup, can play defensively. And I think Ime Udoka is going to counter with his big lineup, right? Grant Williams and Al Horford. Um, and then we're going to see, we're going to see, like, okay, can they... Can the small ball lineup uh, outscore this big man lineup, or can the big man lineup of Boston um, punish these small warriors uh, on defense? I think for me, that's the thing I'm going to watch between the coaching uh, and the styles of play uh, of the two teams. Um, and we, you know, we're going to talk about kind of the others in the in the next segment. But I think what what would be important is that in the series so far, Steve Kerr has he understands what the weaknesses are of the Warriors, right? Against Memphis, it was rebounding. Um, against uh, against Denver, we have no bigs to guard uh, Jokic, right? Uh, for for the Mavs, um, I don't really know about the Mavs. I'm, I don't know about the weaknesses against the Mavs. But <laughs> in those two series, Steve Kerr was like, okay, we understand our weaknesses. And guess what? We're going to make you beat us at something else, right? We're going we're gonna, to we're, we're not going to overreact. We're just going to say, hey, he, th- these are the guys that we have. Steve Kerr plays everybody. Everybody uh, in the rotation. So he'll bring Kaminga out. He'll bring Moody. Bielitsa had some playing time. And supposedly all the guys are going to come back healthy for the finals, hopefully. And I feel like Ime Adoka, he kind of shortened his rotation, right, toward, in that Miami series because he's like, hey, this is the guys that have been getting it done. This is who I trust. And this is who I'm going to ride with. So for me, is is the shortened rotation going to, um, you know, out be better than 
playing different types of combinations and variations of players, is that going to overwhelm Ime Doka and the Celtics? Or is Ime going to be like, no, I'm just still going to ride with these same guys? Or is he actually going to deploy some different players off that bench? So those are just some things that, you know, I'm thinking about in terms of coaching and the styles. I mean, you know, if we're playing darts, that's a triple bull, right? You know, right right there. I mean, I, I feel like you just hit uh, every nail uh, on the head uh, with the rotation and with these with the death lineups. I'll tell you right now, this death lineup, I'll take it all day. I mean, this, they, they can defend. They can defend. And, like, one thing that, you know, I couldn't help but, like, grin from ear to ear is, you know, looking at when Clay – was, uh, you know, when he would switch onto Luca, mm-hmm. you know, because we all know Clay has not been around for quite some time. Yep. Um, at his time, he was undoubtedly, you know, one of the best two way guards in the entire game. Yep. Uh, you know, so does he still have it? Has he lost a step? And he proved to me, to the world, to everybody. I mean, I had, I had no, no doubt, but he was playing great defense. He is there. So I think he will actually be, you know, a, a big factor in this, you know, small ball lineup. And, you know, Steve Kerr, it's it's tough. It's it's kind of tough to grade him, right? You know, everyone wants to bring up Mark Jackson. I'm not going to bring up Mark Jackson. But what I'm going to bring up is that Draymond, between Draymond and Steph, you have two of the best, the highest IQ guys on the courts. So they are also helping making in-game adjustments yeah. on both sides of the floor. Uh, and you see it. You see it develop. You see the communication. And these guys are two leaders where everybody is following their lead. So there's they got like three or four head coaches out there. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, for the Celtics, you know, I'm not I'm not sure if I'm if I'm going to call anybody out there. You know, Marcus Smart obviously can can run the plays and everything, but I I don't think Tatum, you know, was calling things out on defense and, you know, really saying, "All right, you know, now we got to switch, you know, to this or, you know." Right. So, um for the coaches, I do think uh, Udoka is a better coach. Mm-hmm. Um but I do think that the Warriors um just have the the better talent. Right, these styles. I think if they were to do small versus big, I mean the smalls, they've been doing this all day. I mean, Wiggins got hops. We've seen his bunnies. We've seen yeah. it. All right. So I wouldn't be worried at all having him matched up at the four against Al Horford. Literally, Horford should be the one that's worried, you know. So um yeah, I mean, two two styles and, and we're gonna see him collide. You know what? I just want to stand up for my boy Steve Kerr for a second, man. Because Steve Kerr gets disrespected. <laughs> now, look, I'm a big Mark Jackson guy. And Mark Jackson, he birthed those babies, you know? Yeah. He birthed those babies. He did. He he taught them the NBA. He showed them the ropes. He made them work on defense. Like, Steph was horrible at defense until Mark Jackson came. He actually built the championship DNA in their heart. But let's talk about some of the best NASCAR drivers of all time. I don't even know. Maybe it's debatable. But Dale Earnhardt, right? Somebody built the car. Somebody built the car that Dale was driving. Not anybody could have been the best all-time driving that car. Steve Kerr drove this vehicle, and we are six championships in this run. You got to give Steve Kerr credit for that, everybody. Six finals appearances, but yeah. yeah. I'm sorry? Six finals appearances. I mean, not six rings. They don't have six rings, but yes. Oh, yeah. Well, six finals appearances. Hopefully six champions. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) Six finals appearances. We're we're six finals appearances into that run. And here's the best thing about it. There was an off year where you had Clay was out, Steph was out, Draymond was out. And what did Steve Kerr do? He proved that he could do what Mark Jackson did. Jordan Poole is a developed player now. He is a developed player. He slowly gets the young guys in, the Jonathan Kamingas. You know, he slowly gets them in. He gets production out of who he needs to get production out of. He dusted off Andrew Wiggins. Yes, it may be a little bit easier for Andrew Wiggins to play alongside of like the Steph Curry's of the world. But guess what? Clay was missing the majority of the beginning of the season, and Wiggins was playing at an all-star level. 
that is kudos to Steve Kerr. So I'm not going to disrespect Steve Kerr and say Ime Udoka is already better than him because Ime essentially is doing the same thing. He's taking over a team that was ready to go. They were ready to go. He, and then I'm not undermining him, but um, I, I just think Steve got more tools to play with here in this matchup, and he's going to get fancy with it. How many different people is he going to throw at Jason Tatum? You know, Tatum, Jimmy Butler was guarding him. Tatum had like 20 every first half, ended the game with less than 30 every game, you know, because Jimmy would go into halftime like, nah, man, he's not scoring no more, you know. Right. But that's it. But they, they moved the ball elsewhere. Nobody could really check Jalen Brown. Well, guess what? You could put Wiggins on Tatum. You could put Clay on Tatum, or you could flip it. You know, yeah. one of them could guard Brown. You got more perimeter defense um, ability with Steve Kerr. So I think this is going to be a chess match. Um, experience versus, I'm not going to say Ime's inexperience because he's been around the game. He's been around the game. But this is his first time in the NBA Finals, and I'm betting you the coaching experience difference is going to show in this series. And um, that, I mean, that's just furthermore that I have to add to the to the coaching styles. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, we're going to see some some styles collide, uh, and you know, we're going to need people to step up. The coaches are going to have to step up. The stars are going to have to step up, uh, but. Everybody who's on the court is going to have to step up. So when we talk about like X factor and X factor type player, or X factor type guys um, that we're going to see in this finals, uh, I'm going to ride with this green shirt that I'm wearing and say that, you know, Rain did a masterful job of pointing out how the Warriors are deep. Will literally just said how Steve Kerr gets production out of these guys. So with the Celtics and their second unit, which isn't really a second unit because, you know, there's an eight-man rotation, we're going to need somebody like Peyton Pritchard to make the most of his minutes, okay? I think the reason – or not even I think the reason. I know the reason why I was picking the Celtics to make it this far is because they were the best blend of defense and offensive firepower – to actually hang with whoever made it out of the West, which I was not confident in saying about the Bucks. I was not confident in saying about the Heat, any any team besides the Nets who didn't even win a game. So I look stupid. The Celtics have that firepower. So if Peyton Pritchard, who is a, a shooter, he can shoot from range, if he can make an impact in this series – that will go a long way into making sure that the Celtics avoid a sweep. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Ooh. oh, man. Look, I, I just want to add, man, because when you said Peyton Pritchard, I just visualized <laughs> you got you got Peyton Pritchard in the game and you got Steph Curry like, yeah, I hope he match up against me. So what does Steve Kerr do? We used to talk about coaching. I'm going to put Steph and Jordan Poole in. Because yep. Peyton gonna have to guard one of them, mm-hmm. and this is one of like in game one, one of those two guys will probably get twelve points in two game minutes, <laughs> and you won't see Peyton Pritchard on the court much for the rest of the series, you know, because it's going it's going to be light up time unless he has to play. Um, but you're absolutely correct because even though I'm talking about how they can expose him, if he can avoid that and actually contribute, he would absolutely be the X factor. And a, a big reason, um, something that Boston is going to need, because like Rain said, Ime shortened his rotation. It's not going to have a lot of depth. I mean, there's going to fatigue can play into it. Um, and I, I just, you know, I, I think um, my X factor for this game for I'm going to I'm going to stick with Golden State. I'm going to say it's got to be Draymond Green. And here's why. He's been getting phased out, man. He he's not an offensive threat, but he is their most most versatile defender. And they're absolutely going to try to make the small ball thing work because you know Robert Williams isn't like an offensive low post. It's not like Joel Embiid, like you know. So you you don't really have to worry about stopping him. Grant Williams is undersized. You know, Draymond would love to guard him, but 
You could probably put Wiggins on Grant Williams. Grant Williams isn't trying to back you down in a post. He wants to shoot, right? So that gives Draymond time to beat up Jason. He's going to beat him up. It's going to be physical. He's going to get in here and hurt his body. And that's what I'm saying. Draymond's got to be Draymond. He's got to be like what Dennis Rodman used to be in this. It don't have to show up in the box score, but Draymond is my X factor player because he's got to get in those young guys heads big time, make them want to fight, take them out their game. You know, we should see like an eight for 26 game from Jason Tatum. And that would be because of Draymond. So Draymond Green is my X factor. I like that. Uh, obviously, I'm going to go with my X factor for Golden State. And I'm going to have to go with uh, Jordan Poole. I think, um, you know, James brought up Peyton Pritchard. I think once Poole comes in with that second unit, it's his time to shine. Right. Go cook. Go cook. Because I don't think anybody in the second unit of Boston can. If he if Jordan Poole is playing the way that he should be playing, I think he could have a field day running that second unit when the starters are out. Right. And then he could just take over a game. Um, but some, you know, he's inconsistent, but he's still young. But I think he'll, he'll be the X factor for the Warriors. Um, every time that he plays well, the Warriors usually win. So um, I'm looking for that kind of second unit bench matchup. And I think Jordan Poole is going to be vital to the Warriors winning the series. Yeah, no, that, that's that's definitely where um, a huge difference will be made. I think, um, you know, both teams' first lineups actually like match up pretty yep you know i don't want i don't want to say evenly because you already know like st- the splash brothers can just start splashing but you know all things considered equal over the uh, over a series right it could be right. equal but i mean they don't have anybody in boston uh wearing green white blue black they don't, <laughs> don't have anybody that can you know match uh, jordan Poole's production when he is playing at his highest so yep. Um, and I just want to clarify because I know the segment is nine stars and Draymond Green has a big name, but he has not played like a star this year. Like if, if I'm if I'm going to point out the stars based on what took place this year, uh, I am not putting Draymond Green in that category. It's it's Steph, it's Clay, and it's Jordan Poole, you know. Um Jordan Poole has been one of the stars on the team and Andrew Wiggins, like you know, they're deep. But um just to be Correct, politically correct. If I had to pick another player, right, who is outside of the Hall of Fame realm of the conversation, um, another X factor. You want to talk about depth, and um, I think that this would be a good series um, for him in particular. And I'll go with Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is literally. You just said he was a star. But Doc, you go, you go, you go. Golden State is too deep. I mean, they're too deep. Like, I'm not gonna pick Jordan Poole again, right? But um, you know, I gotta pick Andrew Wiggins. I really wanted to say Jonathan Kaminga, but I'm wondering if if Steve Kerr is gonna put him on a. All right, rookie, you just you're 19. You gotta sit down here in the NBA Finals, like you know, because that that's a real possibility. I'm sure he'll get some minutes, and you won't find a bigger Jonathan Kaminga fan than me. That is literally my guy. I've been yeah. talking about him all year. But um, Andrew Wiggins in this series, um, two-way player, you know, I think he can make a name for himself. And I definitely think um, if he can just average 16, 17 a game and play some quality defense, it's going to be hard for Boston to uh, keep up with the Golden State Warriors. Well, uh, yeah, he's going to be uh, sliding in and uh, filling filling that uh, that Harrison Barnes role uh you know or or you know Iggy right who uh if we're talking about Iggy he is a man who is a finals MVP so looking ahead to this finals you know everyone obviously you know we're gonna look at Jason Tatum we're gonna look at Steph Curry but is there a possibility for another dark horse finals MVP um I'll let you guys take it away before I before I say my answer. Man, I want to go last Man. on this one. It will be me, then it'll be Will, then it'll be Rain. All right, yeah. here on the dual podcast slash side to side sportscast. Uh this joint episode. Let's do it. So my my dark horse, and maybe it's not a dark horse, I don't know. But wouldn't it be something? Because you know. 
you know, uh, mainstream media, they love the, the sappy stories and all that. We're talking about a man who has missed years, <laughs> years of his career, okay, right in the prime. And he is a star. He has been undervalued for so long. He was omitted from the top 75, okay? People can't even agree if he's a snub or not, okay? He is back. He's feeling good, all right? He's moving around well. He's shooting. We've seen game six, the game six version of legend, of lore. We've seen it this year. He is back this season. How magical would it be if Clay Thompson, who is a splash brother, okay, not a splash nephew, all right, not a splash stepson. He is a brother, all right, of Steph Curry, Let's see him take his rightful place, lead his team back. The team couldn't even make the playoffs without him. Now he's back, and they're in the finals. Dark Horse, finals MVP, Clay Thompson. Holla at your boy. Man, and I'm going to piggyback off of that because if you see what just happened here, right, we talking a potential fourth championship for Golden State. Who got the MVP the first time? Andre Iguodala. Who got the MVP the next two times? Kevin Durant, who was arguably the most important player, you know, in all three of those series, in all three of those championships, Steph Curry. But you almost don't expect him to win the finals MVP. You know, if if Golden State wins, you almost don't expect Steph to win it. But I do. Is it fair to call him a dark horse? Well, according to my narrative right now, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Steph Curry is my dark horse pick for MVP because he's so easy to overlook and he is so important. And I would literally cry real tears. I would post it on Instagram, picture of me, cry baby face. If the Warriors win the championship and somebody other than Steph wins MVP. Now, if Klay Thompson wins it, I would be really happy for Klay because like for every reason Woody just said, that would be a great story. But man, all the talk about Steph legacy afterwards, he's not top 10, four championships, no MVPs, blah, you know, blah. Like, you know, I don't want to hear that, man. Steph is one of the greatest players of all time. And um, I think this is his time. And I think Steph's going to go win the MVP. Man, I love the picks. I love, yeah. Clay, Steph, it's harder on me. I should have went first. Um, I think, <laughs> all right, I think for so for Dark Horse, you know what? I, I'll I'll go with the uh, the third Hall of Famer to this, you know, dynasty, Draymond Green. I think typically they give it to people that you know the highest score, right? It's a really it's an offensive, um, you know, MVP. But like you guys said, right? Iguodala did get it back in 2015. So I think if Draymond Green is able to lock down Tatum or Brown or whoever and, like, puts up, I don't know, eight to ten points a game and, like, has a triple-double and maybe two games out of the series, right, and has that impact, then dark horse, right? Dark horse shot to to win it, but I think Steph's going to win it. Steph's going to win it, y'all. Okay. <laughs> hey, that, Draymond, that's that's a good pick, man, but Iguodala got it because – I don't get it. I still don't get it. Like LeBron was averaging yeah. like a sick triple double. Like, yeah. I don't get. It. I don't get it. Like you know, I just I don't get it. But we we we're not going to talk about that. The, hey, do, do we have do we have a Celtics horse? Is, is there a Celtics horse? Uh, What'd you say? Celtics. Like, yeah. I said, is there a Celtics horse? Like, uh, okay. Well, well like, we're going to yeah, talk about a Celtics dark horse MVP for this same argument. For me, it would have to be Marcus Smart. Because Marcus Smart is going to have to defend Steph Curry. He, he's going to have to – it's one of the hardest things to do. But if Marcus Smart can take Steph out of the series, you would have to put him in the MVP conversation for the same reason Iguodala was in the um, finals MVP conversation. So my Celtics dark horse would have to be – Yeah, I would uh, totally agree. So uh, yeah, Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart. That 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 would be that would be my dark horse as well. Hey, Marcus Smart. Okay, if I had to choose one, um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with a 
Grant Williams. I think if uh, Grant Williams can play solid uh, defensively and he has a couple of good games on the offensive end, if he can shoot, I mean, he wasn't the sole reason why they beat the Bucks. But if he didn't have that game, who knows that 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 game seven? So I'll go with uh, I'll go with Grant Williams. Yeah, that is that is the darkest of horses. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he was remaining in the darkness. <laughs> But it is a dark horse pick, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. all right, all right. So, so we we already know who who we think will be MVP, and and I don't think it is going to be, or I don't think anybody uh, in this episode thinks that it's going to be uh, Grant Williams or Marcus Smart. I think we already know which team that we think is going to win. But let's just say it for everybody. All right, which team is going to win? How many games? All right. I told you the first round, I saw it in this team. Okay. Just the veterans, the young bloods that they're, you know, and Will Will says it every time now, you know, how they were able to reload without losing the pieces. Uh, the Spurs actually kind of did this, you know, in those battles with the Heat. You know, they they were, you know, they had Kawhi and, you know, had that, that nice, uh, you know, passing of the torch. So I think that's what's happening right now. They are about to beat the Celtics. I am going to give it six games. There it is. Warriors and Celtics. And Warriors and Celtics. Warriors in six. <laughs> oh, man. It's tough. It's tough. It is, is really it? tough because I do not want to uh, disrespect the work that the Celtics have put in. I really think that their defense has done something. I don't think they have the veteran, I just don't think they got the tools that Golden State had. Like, Golden State is here, and they're going to take full advantage of coming back because they, they've dropped from the mountaintop, and they've got it back together, and they're here again. They're going to take full advantage of this to get their fourth championship. So I got Golden State winning the series now. How many games? That's the question. I honestly think Boston is going to put up a fight. I do. And um, I think it's going to come down to June 19th p.m. Golden State winning game seven on their home floor for their fourth NBA championship in six seasons. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the seasons, aren't I? The fourth NBA well, championship. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think. Uh... Yeah, I think this is going to be the, the a great series, right? Both for both sides, this is going to be a great series to watch. Boston is a tough team. The Warriors are a veteran team, right? So I think I think we're going to get a lot of good games. It's going to be a deep series, and I think um, I agree with you. Well, I think it's going to be Warriors Warriors in seven. Um, both teams can win on the road, right? Both teams are well coached. The adjustments. Um, now we just have to see, right? Who's going to shine, right? Who's going to execute? Who's who's going to Who's going to come out on top, right? In that fourth quarter, I feel like both teams have proven in previous series that they play they play really well in the fourth quarter. So that's what I'm most excited about, to see who steps up when the when the lights are the brightest. Um, but I think it's going to be dubs in seven. I haven't been wrong yet so far. So I was literally just about to say, you have not been wrong yet. So I'm glad yeah. that your pick was, just, was, you know, my pick matched your pick because um, I got a higher percentage of being right now. And uh, if I'm writing movies wrong, I'll be rubbing it in his face uh, all over IG. You'll see the post. But, um, hey, another great pick. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we hey, are. Hey, there's a first time for everything. So this could be the first time. I don't know. Oh, you talking about first time me being right? See, that's you froze right now. You froze because you're talking that garbage. Because you talking that garbage, right? The, the internet, the internet, you know, angels out there is like pause <laughs> <laughs> and shut. <laughs> so, oh my god! But listen, we're in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. Thursday night, we got Golden State versus Boston Celtics. Get your popcorn ready to take a line from To. This is going to be a great NBA Finals. Uh, let's hope for some good games. We all got the Golden State Warriors winning. We would love to know who you think are going to win. Uh, come on the sportscast and talk about it throughout the series. Call it how you see it. Call it how you saw it. Call out those who didn't see it how you saw it. Let us know what you're thinking about what's trending in the sports world today. 
Until we see you, we out. And we want to thank our main man, Rain, once again, before we out. Thank you, everybody. The Dual Podcast. Please check out the Dual Podcast. Rain, make that plug. Yes, sir. So we have the dualpodcast.com. Check us out on IG and also on Twitter at Dual Podcast. Um, appreciate y'all. And this is actually also an episode of the Dual yes. Podcast. So yes. for everybody listening, uh, yes. thank you for letting uh, Will and I just you know, waste all your time, <laughs> and, uh, you know, talk, uh, talk sports with to you. the dual podcast followers. And, all you right, know, yeah. we hope y'all ride side to side as well. Yeah. Don will be back. All right. We didn't kidnap him or anything. True, you know, yeah, we're just yeah. here having a good time. So, um, yeah, we out. <laughs>